KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. As we move into the final couple of months before the midterm elections, political ads are everywhere. TV, radio, and online, the digital space, huge for political advertising these days. And we wanted to get a feel for what platforms politicians are focusing on for their ads, who is spending what, and more. Our guest is Andrew Arrange, Director of Operations for Penn's Program on Opinion Research and Election Studies. So to start, when it comes to the the digital advertising uh, for politicians this election season, painting with a broad brush, what are we seeing? Is it in line with previous election years? You know, I know presidential years are different from midterm years, but what are you seeing as far as what candidates are spending? Yeah, no, definitely. So I've been tracking digital ad spending for about three years now, pretty much on the on the daily level, um, and have compiled this kind of really interesting data set on the, especially on the Facebook side of things, where I have just the, the daily snapshot of what people are spending every single day on the platform. Um, and at this point, 2020 being a, an anomaly, right, because it was a presidential year, we're actually quite in line with where we were in 2021 and in 2019, kind of at the, the daily level, which actually I think might surprise some people, because I think you would assume, right, that with a, a midterm election coming up, kind of a nationwide election coming up, that there would be an uptick in spending uh, ahead of the election. And we're kind of in this kind of post-Labor Day period. And so we would expect as we get closer and closer to the uh, election in November, we will see a steady kind of rise in that. But at this point, we're from a trend perspective, Advertisers are spending pretty much, or at least political advertisers, are spending exactly what they were spending back in 2019 um, and in 2021 at this point in the in the calendar year. Are there certain platforms that do better with this type of advertising than others? You know, if you had to kind of, where does most of the money go right now when it comes to political advertising in the digital sphere? There are certain platforms that allow politicians and campaigns and, and PACs and organizations to buy ads on their platforms. The vast majority of the money goes to Facebook and to Google. Um, so Facebook includes both ads on Facebook and Instagram. Google includes ads that are you know, search-related ads, that are banner ads that you might see on videos, that are ads that you might see if you're watching like YouTube. Um, frankly, as you're like surfing the internet, most of the ads that you see on web pages across the internet are being populated by Google ads as well. Um, so the, the ads can end up in a lot of other places. Um, two other platforms also accept um, and release uh, political advertising data. So Snapchat does as well, but it's it's very small, um, as does Reddit, but not a ton of uh, uh, politicians or, or campaigns kind of use both of their platforms. Twitter does not allow political advertising. Technically, TikTok has said that they don't either, um, but there have been some discussions and some articles about how campaigns may be paying influencers to like put out positive messages for them. So that's the type of stuff that's never going to be captured, right, in in kind of the data that the tech companies put out there, just because it's not necessarily being processed by the, by the tech companies. But the data that uh, Facebook and Google release, as well as, you know, Snapchat and Reddit, um, more or less captures every time a political entity, a campaign, a politician, a candidate spends money on their platforms to, to advertise. Generally, you're trying to encourage 
uh, an individual to take some sort of action. So that action could be to donate money, right? So you see a lot of advertising around fundraising across the country. It could be that action could be to volunteer with the campaign or go attend an event with the campaign or, you know, vote <laughs> for a specific candidate as well. And so you see a lot of um, money being spent on both kind of the persuasion end of things, right, to try and convince a voter who may not generally be inclined to support your candidate to, to vote for your candidate, as well as the like mobilization side of things, right, which is to try and get kind of your voters or the voters who are naturally going to support your candidate out to vote as well. When we look at like trends right now, again, we're, we're about two months, give or take, right, from the from the election over the past couple months over the summer and whatnot, a lot of the focus is generally focused on raising money, right? Like you're trying to raise as much money as you can to set yourself up for the fall. And what's been really, really fascinating, right? So the Democrats typically will raise money through a platform called Act Blue. Um, on the Republican side, they will typically raise money through a platform called Win Red. And basically since the spring, the amount being spent on ads linking to Act Blue fundraising pages is more than double at this point on the daily basis of the ads that are linking out to, to WinRed pages on, on Facebook. And so there's a lot of reasons why that could be the case. I don't know if we truly know yet, right? Like one of the theories is that potentially inflation has impacted, right? Like the amount that small dollar donors are willing to potentially give to, to campaigns. One theory is that pres former President Trump has kind of monopolized small dollar donors on the Republican side. And so he's maybe cannibalized the amount that are available to, to Republican or conservative oriented campaigns. And so there just aren't as many donors out there. But we have seen it both through the individual donation activity, right? So if you look at the individual data related to who has actually given money, you've seen that Republicans are and, and conservative uh, campaigns are, are struggling in that case, um, as well as in terms of just from my perspective, looking at the individual number of ads that are asking people to donate money as well. There ends up being this kind of really significant delta that we're still trying to figure out what's what's going on there. Are there trends with regards to you talked about, you know, Google, Facebook a little bit with the a couple of other entities, the, the breakdown of where these ads are going? Is it pretty much in line with any other years or can you see any sea changes like uh, a little less on Facebook, a little more on Google, anything like that? Or, or is it pretty much what what you've seen over the last few years? It's pretty much in line with what I've seen, but it really just depends on the, the candidate. So just to kind of bring it to Pennsylvania here for a second, right? Like John Fetterman's spent a ton of money on Facebook. Josh Shapiro has spent a ton of money on, on Google. What surprised me, right, was that like their two campaigns, right? So they're both statewide Democratic campaigns, one for, for Senate, one for governor. Um, they're approaching kind of the task slightly differently. And it's part of it is just related to like the type of ads that they're running. So Fetterman's spending a ton of money, raising money. Right. Like he's asking for a ton of uh, donations up until just, you know, recently and kind of this kind of over the summer, he was spending, you know, upwards of twenty thousand to thirty thousand dollars a day on Facebook. And about seventy five to eighty percent of his ads were targeted outside the state of Pennsylvania trying to raise money. Now that we're kind of in this post Labor Day period, about 50 percent of the money that he's spending on Facebook is now targeted here in, in Pennsylvania. And so we've just kind of seen the shift and we would expect to continue to see a shift in activity, right? In terms of the type of ads that are being run on these platforms, where you go from really focused on raising money um, to kind of set yourself up for the campaign to really, as you get closer and closer to election day, trying to mobilize 
um, your voters to come out to vote for you on in November, but then also try and persuade, you know, new voters to support your candidate as well. Do you get more bang for your buck from a campaign standpoint with digital advertising or is it more uh, it can be more personal than TV ads? Because you mentioned so many of them are asking for donations and that's something I mean, you can do it on TV, but it seems like it, it is something that's more tailor made for that personal Facebook experience or or something like that. Do you get more for your dollar from digital or does it depend what you're looking for, depend on the market? You know, are there a lot of variables? Yeah, it depends on what your goals are right at that moment. So if you think about running a television ad, right? So I, I live in Philadelphia. This time of year, you watch Phillies games, you watch Eagles games, you watch, you know, stuff on, on, on TV. Here in the Philadelphia media market, we're going to see ads for congressmen that are running in New Jersey, right? Can I vote for the congressman in New Jersey? No. But those counties and those congressional districts fall within the Philadelphia media market. And so that's why those campaigns decide to, to put money on, on those platforms and, and run ads on those platforms. The challenge becomes, from a television perspective, is you're, you're casting a really wide net and there's going to be a lot of error, right? There's going to be a lot of people potentially in your media market that uh, aren't going to be able to, to vote for you. But you're willing to accept some of that, right? Because you're trying to paint a broader brush. You're trying to get your your issues out there, potentially get your candidate known amongst a broader set of people. From a digital perspective, you can be much more targeted, right? So at this point, in terms of what Facebook and Google kind of release in their data sets, you can actually start to see not only the geography that campaigns are targeting on their platforms, but also whether they're targeting women or men, what age bands they're targeting. You can also even, frankly, on Facebook, start to see some of the interest and demographics that they're targeting as well. So, for example, if you're a fan of the Dave Matthews band or the fan bit, uh, Fish, right, um, you might be receiving some John Fetterman ads, right, because he's specifically targeting um, people on Facebook that are interested in both of those things. Um, interestingly enough, particularly about the Fetterman campaign, so I've been looking at ads across the country, right? I, I look at tons of ads every day. Um, and generally on Facebook, most Democratic candidates will use the demographic targeting, but will exclude from their targeting, right? Voters or, or people who are fans of Joe Rogan, right? So typically on Facebook, Democrats have the belief that people that are listening to the Joe Rogan podcast are not going to vote for um, their candidates. Interestingly enough, uh, Fetterman did the exact opposite, right? So he ran um, some ads that were specifically targeted at people who have Joe Rogan listed as an interest of theirs, right? And so what becomes really interesting just from a macro perspective is that Fetterman is actually running a campaign that's really different than the way that some other Democrats run campaigns locally in their states. And you can kind of start to see it in the way that they're using the platforms and the way that they're targeting when it comes to fundraising, because you kind of alluded to like asking for money on, you know, in different types of ads and on television and on digital, one of the theories around the challenges of raising money on television is that when you put out that television ad, me as an individual may see it, if I decide then to donate to your campaign, I need to jump platforms or switch kind of onto my phone or onto my laptop or my computer to physically make the donation, right? And so, the value of kind of a digital ad is you can make the request within the same platform, right? So the, the individual sees the ad 
on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, right, clicks the link and is taken to that exact fundraising page within their same platform, be it on their phone, be it on their computer, um, et cetera. And so you are wasting uh, a lot less money <laughs> to be able to kind of make that ask um, in that kind of native environment that voters or, or potential donors are already in. For me, I think there this election season, there was before the Dobbs decision and after, you know, the election the day before was a completely different election than it was the day of the decision going forward. Was that sea change as palpable when it came to digital advertising, either who was targeted and what the, the topic was focused on? So we've definitely seen an uptick since the Dobbs decision in the amount of ads that are specifically highlighting and running on the issue of abortion, right? So that's that's happened nationwide, right? Like with, with both national advertisers, but kind of local campaigns as well. Specifically, I can tell you, for example, on like Snapchat, right? Like Planned Parenthood has put a ton of money into a bunch of different states and locations across the, um, the country, specifically highlighting this as an issue and kind of trying to explain kind of the stakes um, or what's at stake right now that the issue of abortion is no longer necessarily decided at the federal level, but instead kind of decided state by state. Locally here in Pennsylvania, um, we've also seen uh, Planned Parenthood kind of spend um, a decent amount of money running specifically abortion related ads here in the state. Um, the Democratic National Committee is also targeting some ads um, here in Pennsylvania. And so they see it as a as a the type of issue that they're definitely trying to kind of engage in, and use it as a way to mobilize people, which which challenging from a political science perspective is we just don't know, right? Like we just don't know how much it's going to be mobilizing yet. We have a couple of data points, right? We have looking at the Kansas race where the amendment was on the ballot. They were able to, to mobilize a ton of people in Kansas to, to vote against basically changing the way that the state constitution was set up there. We've seen a couple other kind of uh, special elections and primary elections that are, that are one-off elections since then, but we don't have a huge well of, of information at this point yet to try and tell us how influential the Dobbs decision is truly going to be in November. The November election is going to be our, our first time where everyone across the whole country is voting, right? All 435 House seats are going to be up, about a, a third of the Senate is going to be up. Um, and so it's the opportunity for folks to kind of voters to express their opinion on that matter um, nationwide. In terms of kind of locally here, um, the Josh Shapiro campaign is targeting some ads uh, on Google, specifically at women um, kind of in the suburbs and, and kind of city areas of our state, right? So they're specifically targeting abortion-related ads here in Philadelphia, in Pittsburgh, and in and in Harrisburg, and kind of some of the, the surrounding kind of counties around those areas um, as well. And so they definitely see it as kind of an issue that they, and, and kind of a distinction that they want to make, particularly because of the stakes here in, in Pennsylvania. And the idea, more or less, right, that if Josh Shapiro is the next governor, abortions will stay, you know, legal. Um, but if Doug Mastrano is the next governor, it's very likely that they they will no longer be legal here in the state of Pennsylvania. I'm curious, because we look at the digital advertising with regards to, you know, after the Dobbs decision, we talk about the left and causes from the left pouring a lot of money in to make it an issue. Are Republican candidates, conservative causes, are they posting ads celebrating the decision or that we will take it even further if we win? Or is there just kind of radio silence when it comes to abortion on the right? Because that's what it kind of feels like from a television standpoint, that 
most of the, if not all of the discussion is kind of continually brought up by Democrats, you don't really hear Republicans saying that much, which is kind of the inverse of what we would hear in the world prior to the Dobbs decision. Yeah, I would say similar things are happening on digital at this point in time. But again, it's still early, right? We'll, we'll kind of see how much the issue of abortion becomes kind of a, a, a rallying cry and kind of a motivating factor for folks come the election. Um, at this point, it's a little too early to tell. But again, we're in this kind of period post-Labor Day where we will start to see kind of uh, an explosion of money being spent, right, around issue-specific ads and around both kind of ads that are intended to get you to be motivated and persuaded to vote for candidate, as well as then ads that are intended to really kind of bring up your opponent's negatives, right? <laughs> like that are negative oriented ads that are intended to kind of like get you to think poorly of, of the of the opposite candidate. Um, and so I would imagine it as we get closer and closer to the election that we will see um, an increase on both sides, right? In terms of the number of abortion related ads that are going to be run on, on both Facebook and on Google. We need to take a break. We will have more with Andrew Arrange right after this. This is KYW News Radio in depth. And we are back on KYW News Radio in depth, continuing our conversation with Andrew Arrange. He is director of operations for Penn's program on opinion research and election studies. I'm curious, is digital advertising now just baked into the cake when it comes to campaigns or you know, are there any races where one side really isn't engaging in the digital space, maybe is sticking to TV or or does everyone pretty much put at least some money into digital with it now? Yeah, I would say everybody definitely puts money into it. But if you had asked me that question back in the spring, I would have said, absolutely, we should see it all summer. But what's been like really interesting kind of following along with at least, you know, what campaigns are doing here in Pennsylvania is that like the Dr. Oz campaign, right, they last ran an ad on Facebook at the end of April, right? So the primary was mid-May, right? Um, so there were three weeks when they weren't on Facebook. And then they stayed silent on Facebook ads until basically like, mid-August, right? And they've only been spending no more than like 250 bucks a day on Facebook compared to like Fetterman who's spending between 10 and 30 grand a day, right? On the platform. On the on the governor side of things, the Republican candidate for governor, right? Doug Mastriano, they've been really silent <laughs> on digital, right? Like in last uh, month in, in August, they spent about five grand more or less, right? Like on Google, uh, trying to raise some money. They haven't done anything on Facebook. Um, and just recently, um, you know, literally like the day after Labor Day is when the Mastriano campaign started running more issue-based ads, you could say, right, where they highlight kind of his proposals around banning mask mandates and banning the vaccine mandate and ensuring that critical race theory isn't taught in schools and, you know, th those sorts of ads on, on Google. But that's relatively recently. And at this point, he's spending maybe $100 a day, right, on the Google stuff that I've seen so far. Um, but on the Democratic side, both Fetterman and Shapiro are generally, you know, spending some money on these these platforms. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, right, like Fetterman's kind of prefacing Facebook and kind of doing a lot of um, fundraising ads, at least over the summer, that's what he was doing. Shapiro has actually been much more oriented around issue-specific ads um, and is running kind of slightly different messages in different places on Google um, across the state, which I think is like super, super fascinating, right? So on the Shapiro side of things, um, he is targeting 
Trump supporters, right? So there's an ad that he's running on, on Google that basically is a Trump supporter that says, hey, I voted for Trump in, in 2016 and in 2020, but I'm going to vote for Josh Shapiro and here's why, right? And the Shapiro campaign is specifically targeting that at zip codes and at counties across the state or areas where, where Trump won. He's also um, now targeting ads related to the endorsements that he's gotten from um, the, the police unions and, and kind of police departments across the across the state, and also kind of just like showing up to, to small town America. So Shapiro is also then running separately ads that are very specifically targeted at, in some areas within Philadelphia and in Pittsburgh that are both trying to make the argument that Mastriano was too extreme and kind of bringing up Mastriano's kind of affiliation with the platform Gab, as well as then specifically highlighting the issue of gun violence and education and um, fixing um, the justice system um, as well. And these, these ads are being run hyper-locally, generally in African-American communities in the state. He features in some of them uh, his lieutenant governor nominee or his running mate, right, as kind of a voice in some of these ads as well. Fetterman um, is also running a couple issue ads that are specifically like geo-targeted in different places across the state. So at this point, you've probably seen these ads all over the place, but the Fetterman campaign is very much trying to convince people that Dr. Oz is not from Pennsylvania, right? Trying to convince um, everybody that Oz is from, from New Jersey. So he's running those ads all over the place. Um, but he's also specifically started targeting an ad that's very very much geared towards African-American voters that highlights how he helped Black families when he was mayor of, of Braddock, um, specifically around helping Black-owned businesses, helping to stop gun-related gun deaths, creating jobs, et cetera. What's been interesting uh, for Fetterman's challenger, Dr. Oz, is that Oz only recently started kind of running at least on Google, right, like issue-oriented ads. So the ad that he's kind of running at this point is kind of highlighting his medical background and, and his doctor background as kind of his prior experience and has this really kind of, I guess, ideal line or like the line that I think you're supposed to remember, which basically says that Fetterman hurt us, but I'll heal us, um, kind of playing into like his medical background. But what's really strange about what they've done with this ad, and again, I don't know why, right? But the way that they've targeted it is that they've targeted it at specific communities here in Pennsylvania, at some communities in New York, which I guess maybe they're trying to just get regionalized different parts of the state that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise, right? But what ends up happening, if you look at the map, um, is that it targets both Pennsylvania, but also pretty much the whole state of New Jersey, right? And so from an interesting perspective, if you're a competitor, right, so the Fetterman campaign is trying to convince people that Oz is from New Jersey, it strikes me, right, that the Oz campaign has made a small blunder, right, in terms of their, their ad potentially running in, in New Jersey as well. Now, again, there are humans behind all of this. Mistakes happen, right? But it just struck me as kind of ironic as I was digging into some of the data to kind of see um, that ad not only running here in Pennsylvania, but in parts of New Jersey uh, as well, at least according to the, the map in the Google archive. And my final question, we talked about all the different venues and, and where the money goes. What do you think is the the next wave you know you talked a little bit about paying like on tiktok you, they're paying influencers and influencers talking about what is the, the 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 next great renaissance in digital advertising is there a platform you think that is prime for it and i only bring it up because it seems like there are so many social media apps and whatever that that are that come and go and this one's really hot and then it kind of flames out or whatever what do you see in the future or is it that is it that difficult to tell 
Well, it's it's very challenging to tell. So part of it is, okay, where where are you as an individual or all of your listeners going to be spending their time on the internet or on their phones in the future, right? Like what are the apps? What are the platforms? What are the, the websites that, that you are going to be using? Um, campaigns will always try to find a way to reach you, right? Like whether it's a, or, or frankly, marketers in general, whether it's a political campaign or a business, right? Like they're going to try and find ways to, to reach you in your, in your native environment. Part of the reason that, Snapchat runs political ads, or if you think about like who uses Snapchat, is generally you're you're targeting a much younger demographic, right? Generally, people on that platform are going to be younger, right? Um, very few advertisers run fundraising ads on Snapchat, right? Generally, I think it's assumed that the people on you know Snapchat don't have the money, right, to like donate to, to campaigns because they're probably younger. However, recently I, I caught that Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez is specifically running fundraising ads on the platform. And so I also think that it becomes really fascinating from a, like who's doing what where and who you are trying to reach with potentially different messages on these different platforms, right? The value of, of digital advertising is that you have the ability to try and personalize it a little bit more and target it a little bit more to the specific, the types of messages that you wanna to send to specific uh, communities and to specific types of voters. And so this type of micro-targeting will still kind of uh, continue no matter kind of what the types of platforms are. I would imagine as we continue into the future, Facebook and Google will still be the behemoths that are in the in the discussion. That's where the vast majority of the, the advertising will, will flow. But um, campaigns are always trying to be creative, right? Um, in terms of how they can specifically reach their campaigns. There's an anecdote from a book about the, it was the 2000, eight Obama campaign or the 2012 Obama campaign where they specifically bought the ads on a bus that went along a specific route because a lot of their voters lived on that route. And so they literally bought all of the ads, right? That were the, the print ads, right? That were on that bus. And so at the end of the day, campaigns are going to try and use the data that's available to them to try and reach voters in unique and authentic ways, um, whether it's to try and convince them to vote for their candidate, whether it's to try and convince them to, to donate to their candidate or you know volunteer. Um, they have different goals and kind of seeing each one of the platforms as a different potential venue to reach a different type of audience is going to be really, really important. So it's impossible to know truly <laughs> where what, what 2024, 2026, and 2028 are going to look like, but this will continue to be kind of a realm where campaigns utilize this type of uh, advertising a lot, but it's impossible for me to know uh, how the, the strategies of today will impact campaigns of, of tomorrow. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.